The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the data signals generated by the outbreak of the coronavirus. Joining us is an old friend of the MarTech Podcast, Jeff White, who is the CEO of Gravy Analytics, which is a location intelligence firm based in D.C., which processes over 25 billion anonymous geolocation signals per day. Yesterday, Jeff and I talked about using location data to understand how the coronavirus has changed consumer behavior. And today we're going to continue our conversation talking about using location data and analytics to figure out your reopening strategies. Okay, here's the second part of my conversation with Jeff White, founder and CEO of Gravy Analytics. Jeff, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. Excited to uh, continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about some of the changes in user behaviors. People are at home. We've all stocked up on our toilet paper. There are some obvious industries that are thriving and some of them that are suffering. Today, I want to talk about taking a step forward. The coronavirus is not something that's going to last forever. Knock on wood. We're all going to make it through this. So let's talk a little bit about as the world is reopening, how you could think about how to safely, appropriately, and effectively use location data and analytics to understand when and where is the right time to put your foot back down on the real world gas pedal of business. Talk to me about how to use location data to figure out your reopening strategy. We say often in our business, if you want to compete with Amazon, you have to be like Amazon. And one of the strengths that Amazon has always had is they're setting on top a mountain of consumer data, right? And in their world, it's largely how you engage with the platform, your consumptive patterns, your shopping patterns, your search histories, et cetera. So certainly we believe, right, in our world, that location data, the human mobility, the things, how we act as part of our daily lives in the physical world is not only a much stronger signal of what might be consumer behavior, but a much more actionable and recent one. So I think the first step we always tell our customers is accept change, right? The first thing is we're not going back. Every bit of data modeling you have done, every bit of predictive analysis you have done, whether it's where to open and how to open, as you described it, the first thing is, A, accept that it's going to be different. 
that the world has changed and it's going to change once COVID goes away. We're never going back to the same reality that we had before. And if you understand that and appreciate that, then data can be your best friend. There's an old expression is no man is more blind than one who will not see. So embrace it. Embrace that the data can be your friend and help you actually understand at a very, very simple ground truth level what's emerging in consumer behaviors. It's a sobering reality that our behaviors will forever be changed because of the coronavirus. And look, uh, I will be the first one to admit that when it is safe to do so, I'm going to go into a football stadium with tens of thousands of other people and scream my head off. I'll probably be doing it with a mask and maybe there's going to be a seat in between me and the next fan that wouldn't be there. But the reality is that there's going to be more protections. People are going to have more flexibility in terms of working from home. And they're going to think twice about going into a store as opposed to operating digitally. Talk to me about some of the signals that you've seen that can indicate what behaviors are actually going to change. When you think about your office space, how much office space do you need? How much of your workforce should you expect to be going into the office space? To me, that's the biggest thing to think about when we talk about reopening is not the commercial brands. You know, when will the Apple store be open for me to go buy an iPhone? It's when will everyone's offices be able to open up so they can travel around? Talk to me about what you're seeing in terms of getting people into the office and what are some of the data points that you should be looking at to know whether it's safe or not. Well, safety aside, I can tell you, and we're hearing it from our customers, the industry at large, that if the virus were to evaporate tomorrow and never, ever be heard from again, we're not going back to the office, at least not in the way we did before. And we've learned, companies have learned, industries have learned that we can be productive, in some cases more productive in a model that looks more like this than it looked like before, where we all had to be in the office. You're talking to the wrong guy. I haven't been putting on fancy pants and going into the (laughs) same office for years. I'm more of a shorts and t-shirt in front of a screen, you know, sitting in my home office type of guy. I think other people are seeing the wisdom of my ways. Not that this is about me, but... (laughs) Yes, I always thought we were going to turn into avatars of ourselves. And I worry about losing the humanity linkages that we need. (laughs) Well, that's what the Zoom backgrounds are for. (laughs) You could be on Mars right now and I wouldn't know it. (laughs) Maybe there's some benefit to that. I think it's funny, just an aside, it's funny how few Zoom backgrounds I'm seeing now that we're five months in, like the novelty has worn off and people are just like, look, I'm at home. That's my couch. So we've replaced one humanity for another. So we can't be in person and shake hands, but we can look at each other's couch and say, boy, that's something, right? (laughs) So, okay, we're talking a little bit about getting back to the office. The reality is not everybody's going back to the office. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? 
Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So tell me about using location data and maybe some of the patterns that we've seen to understand what we should expect or the decisions we should make from office behavior and how is that different from commercial behavior? So A, if we're not going into the office, that might be a reality, but we still have a strong desire and appetite for convenience. And some of our shopping patterns and engagement with our local community was largely built on relevance and convenience to both where we work, where we live. People sought out offices that were close to restaurants and dry cleaners for employee convenience. Well, clearly that's all changed. And our appetite and desire for convenience haven't. So I think curbside pickup isn't going away. App usage, for example, for all your local brands, restaurants, and other places isn't going away. So we've been indoctrinated and educated on a new way that we can engage both with our local retailers, the brands we love, and it's up to them to engage with us in a way that in not only balances convenience with personalization, with the relationship that you can't do in a physical space anymore. The physical space that a brand has to engage with me is, is on my device. It's shorter. It's more episodic. And in order to get that right, the more you know about me and how I live my life is your enablement to that success. So location data plays a really important role in that, particularly as we start to, again, awaken the early indicators of who I am as I come out of my cave as the new (laughs) consumer are going to be how I start to live my daily life and the brands and the places I engage with around me. The places where you're going to go buy your toilet paper, your bottle of booze, whatever it is, the circle is shrinking and it's more of a stronger heartbeat around home base as opposed to two separate bases of home and the office. Talk to me a little bit about delivery services. It seems like there is a trend here of, you know, mentioned convenience where people are having more on-demand services. I'm sure Grubhub, DoorDash, and Postmates are all, and Uber as well, are all, you know, loving the new reality, maybe Uber less because of the impact on ride sharing. Have you noticed that there are any sort of signals that are showing that the ride sharing services, the convenience, the delivery services are uh, thriving? Well, clearly, a lot of the ones you mentioned are around food delivery. I used to work for Rinse. They do dry cleaning and laundry delivery. Yeah. I'm hoping that their business is doing well. What we, a lot of times, we look at are things from a supply chain standpoint. So everything from the port to the warehouse to the retailer, when appropriate, are now directly to home. And you saw a dramatic increase in traffic in and out of things like Amazon warehouses, as you might imagine, right? Distribution warehouses, largely for hard goods and other things. People are sitting around their homes saying, boy, I need a new kitchen. And we've been putting it off. We're going to spend a lot of time here. 
sure enough, you may not go into that Best Buy, but you're shopping at the Walmarts online and getting things delivered directly from them to your house. We saw a dramatic increase from the container stores and depots. So the home goods are probably thriving. People are sitting there looking at their couch saying, I can't spend one more second on you. I just need a new couch and click of a button. There it is. So I think the reality is that the brands and the places that people engage from a consumer perspective are going to be centralized around their home, but we are seeing more activity around distribution centers, trying to get basically more D2C products delivered. What are some of the other conclusions that you have or takeaways that you can tell us about in terms of reopening strategies and what will make it safe and effective? And you're seeing a lot more emphasis now from a lot of the CPG companies on their DTC strategies, right? That's a lot of acronyms there, right? The B2B, D2C, SMBs? we got to throw in some more jargon here in order to be relevant. LMNOP. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, so that's another accelerant to what has been a slow evolution there. The Procter & Gamble's of the world trying to establish consumer relationships outside of the retailers. Well, like it or not, we can buy direct from Procter & Gamble just fine right now. And we're very comfortable with that experience. It also potentially makes more room for competition where Procter & Gamble doesn't have a distinct advantage to sell you soap and toilet paper and all the things that Procter & Gamble makes. There can be a smaller upstart brand that has the same amount of access to you. Absolutely. And suddenly you're seeing more and more influencers, right? We are consuming a lot more on-demand videos of how to do things. I started making candles. I've never made a candle in my life, but I saw it on a YouTube video. I said, I can do that. That's interesting. And I ordered a candle kit and now I'm in that. I'm doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff White, man of many talents. Not only is he a CEO of a location-based analytics company, he's a talented candle maker and a wonderful podcast guest. Jeff, appreciate you coming back on the show. Great to catch up. And thanks for telling us a little bit about what you're seeing in terms of analytics location data in the time of the coronavirus. Thank you. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Jeff White, CEO of Gravy Analytics, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Jeff, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is JeffWhite1347. That's J-E-F-F-W-H-I-T-E-1347. Or you could visit his company's website, which is GravyAnalytics.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You could subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J. A-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? 
then visit IHearEverything.com.